Brittany Michaelchuk here, high performance coach for entrepreneurs. Welcome to the Vitamin B Show, where we dive into the world of top performers, dig out their secrets, and teach you how to control your mind, optimize your performance, and get better results in every area of your life. I hope you're ready to live big, be bold, and build a beautiful, brilliant, badass life. It's time for your daily dose of Vitamin B. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Vitamin B Show. Today, we have a very special guest. Now, I know you hear that a lot, but I truly, truly mean it. Tim it has been a very dear friend of mine for years, and how we met um, is actually a, a very fun story. We were at an event uh, in St. Louis, was it? Yes, it was. Yeah, and I heard him speak, and he was my favorite speaker, and I was absolutely undeniably blown away with the words that he spoke on that stage. And I remember me and my sister were in the room and we heard your voice in the hallway. I'm like, is that Tim's story? So I'm like, Andrea, I need to go outside. <laughs> and I like run outside and you're like standing there talking to a guest. And um, yeah, and then we just connected and I'm, I'm so happy that, uh, that we were able to meet and it was just, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you. So thank you so much for everything that you do. But I want to add to the story that not only did you come outside, which was so kind of you, but you make amazing jewelry. Did. <laughs> gave me some jewelry. Yeah, yeah. And I actually talk about this and it's, uh, it's very important. Like people are like, how do you build your network? How do you connect with interesting people? And, and, that, and that's one of the ways is being outward focused. Like I didn't run up to you and I was like, hey, I loved your speech. Can I have your autograph? It was, hey, how can I be of service and, and add value? So I had uh, definitely, uh, yes, made hands. No, but I, I remember that because as you say, I think that any of us that are performing in one way or another or giving service is it most of the times we're approached a certain way mm -hmm. but for you to lead with a gift and really be complimentary and also remember what i said meant a lot of course well thank you for being here tim so why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about who you are a lot of them are familiar with you for the ones that are not no. they need to so why don't you update them Okay, so I think it's a, it's a story that, you know, we all have, we all start somewhere. I started in Los Angeles, California, and um, our family was more on the lower income side, but it's, it's so funny, I didn't know that till later. <laughs> I thought that everybody was just living the way that I was living. Yeah. But we were more on the lower income side. My father was a steel worker at Bethlehem Steel. My mother had a sixth grade education, worked at a place called Winchell's Donut Shop. And um, we never talked about college in the, in the house. We talked more about survival. Yeah. And so, unfortunately, when I was 10 years of age, my father went to go pick up food for my mother. And he was going to a restaurant. And he just was going through a green light, as people do. Somebody ran a red light, hit him. and car accident and he passes. Now, mm. I call that a life interruption. You've had them, I've had them, everybody mm -hmm. watching has had them. So it's a life interruption, but the thing that was kind of sad for our family is that, Brittany, we didn't know how to handle this. So, mm -hmm. so we were not equipped emotionally, financially, 
uh, faith-wise. We were not equipped to handle my father being taken out of this house. And what happened is that we really began to crumble a little bit. So we, we, we had a real fracture when I was 10 years of age. And the thing that helped me out was my school teachers. Yeah. I remember my fifth grade teacher really taking a liking to me. Mm-hmm. And he started talking to me about life, how am I doing? He knew my father just passed. I knew for a fact that he didn't like sports because he just was not that type of guy that liked sports. But I remember one time I was playing Little League Baseball, as they do in certain countries, and I looked up from third base where I was playing. I looked up and I saw him, and I thought, oh, my gosh. He came in his free time at 6 o'clock at night to watch me play baseball just to be there for me. Yeah. So it was an amazing thing of a family that was fractured, broken in the center, and then life bringing people to help build me back up. Yeah. What do you feel has been the most challenging thing that you've had to come through? I would say that at that point, that was definitely because, you know, the way I saw my mother was in the role of the powerful woman. Mm-hmm. My mother is Spanish. She speaks broken English to this day from Spain. And I never saw any weakness in my mother, any. So Brittany, to hear my mother cry and to hear it not just one night, but night after night after night, because she was crying in what she thought was the privacy of her own room. That was terrible. That was terrible. Mm -hmm. I was like, I got to get this sound out of my ears. Yeah. So I I would say that that was the first time that I was hit with a big life interruption and that I could have really lived by default rather than by design and just stayed there. Mm. But I decided to let people help me. And you teach us as well. So you could be the right person with the right plan, but you have to have the right partners. And my partner at that time was my fifth grade teacher. Yeah. So how did you overcome it? Like how so many people, and I know a lot of the listeners as well, have had challenges in their life. Like how do you overcome it? And not just overcome it, but how do you flourish from challenging situations? So I think that it's, it's, it's something that sometimes things hit you. Let's say someone's diagnosed with an illness mm-hmm. or somebody uh, has something terrible happen in a relationship. I've always said it this way. These are not things you would have ordered from life's menu. When life gives you a menu, you don't order up, oh, I think I'll have asthma as a child, or I think I'll have lupus, or whatever people go through, okay? So I felt that you have a choice at that point. Am I going to be intimidated and stay intimidated? Am I going to be frustrated and stay frustrated? Or am I going to somehow find a way to get motivated? Yeah. And that's one reason I love your story is the things that you've been through in life. You could have been intimidated, frustrated, but you decided to get motivated. So mm-hmm. that's all of this different times in life, but it happened to me early, which I think helped build my resilience because I'm very resilient. 
Mm-hmm. And so Amen. I learned to be not just frustrated or intimidated. I learned to be motivated, but I needed the help of other people. Yeah. I love that. And that's so important because that positive mindset is, is everything. And I feel like so many people, they, they look over it and, or they are a little bit unrealistic with themselves and like, oh, I have a positive mindset. What is it that has allowed you? Because every single time I talk to you, you're just so positive. You're so optimistic. How have you been able to cultivate and keep that positive mindset? Yeah, I feel that, um, you know, life is such a gift. And mm-hmm. when, we're, when we're little, to, for most of us, not all of us, for most of us, there was such an innocence. Like as, as a child, I remember I used to like to wake up and, and watch cartoons and eat cereal and uh, laugh at recess when you're a kid and the, the sound of children. And, you know, life is life. It's, it's, it's such a gift that my thinking that even though life will throw you some obstacles, some things that you did not expect, I still look for the beauty. Mm. And this is way before people were talking about make a gratitude list or what are you grateful for? I mean, I was a kid thinking about what am I grateful for? So even as a kid with a lot of chaos going on, I always look for the things to be grateful for. And, and even today, I really am so grateful mm-hmm. for living, being alive, the fact that I have nice eyebrows. Yes. <laughs> all these things. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's, that's exactly what you said is it's, it's dancing through the rain. It's finding that beauty no matter what happens. Yeah. And I think that that's it. I mean, you can go through absolutely the worst circumstances in the world. And if you still choose gratitude, like choose grateful to be alive, choose gratitude that you still have a family through the hard times, that you still have um, other things that, that are still keeping you going, I think that it really diminishes the negativity. And so I love, love, love that perspective. And every time I go through challenges, yes. I'm always reminded that you have something to be grateful for because you can't simultaneously be negative and pessimistic and happy and optimistic and joyful at the same time. It's impossible. I mean, you can land somewhere in the middle, but you can't feel two different emotions at once. I so agree. If you're bipolar, you can feel too real quickly, but you just can't feel it at once. So when you focus on having your mindset set on choosing gratitude, choosing joy, choosing happiness, even through those challenging times, then you're unable to feel the depth and the scope and the utter pain from those challenges. So I love that, that, that you really articulated that because I think that's, um, that's the, that's the, that's the juice in life, you know? Yeah, based on our friendship, I think I can ask you this question. Mm-hmm. When you talk about dancing in the rain and through the rain, uh, tell me a little more about that, because I think that that is so true. I remember one time I was, I was driving in Maui, Hawaii, and this is a true story. On one side of the street, it was raining. On the other side of the street, it was not raining. And it's an amazing thing about life sometimes. Like your friend could be like, oh my God, everything's working. 
And then on our side of the street, it's raining. But tell me a little more about dancing in and through the rain. I love that. Thank you. That's a great question. I mean, <laughs> you know a lot of my personal life, and I, I've, I've definitely been through a lot. And I think that um, the point is, is seeing the beauty no matter what. I mean, everybody has challenges. The, the most successful people in the world, your greatest idols yeah. have, have been through some of the greatest pain. And I think at the end of the day, you have to be grateful through those, those painful moments because that's what builds you character. That's what builds 100, you. 100%. Yes. And that's what allows you the capacity to enjoy the good times. Because if we yes. didn't have this, this polar experience in life, we wouldn't be able to feel joy and happiness because we wouldn't be able to compare it to anything. And so it's those times that humble you and give you compassion. Like I know for me personally, a lot of the work that me and you both do, just helping people and healing people, it, it comes from, from our own struggles and being like, I've been there and, and this is how I came out of it. And you just, you want to be able to help people. And so I think that more people need to be grateful when it's raining and still learn how to get through it because at the other end, you, yes. you have somebody that needs your message. You have somebody that could be inspired through your experience, but you have to be able to pull yourself through it. Yeah, you know, I, I like to rhyme, and you probably know this about me, so I was, I was writing some things about your dancing in the rain just now. Yeah. So I think that when the rain is there and challenges are there, number one, you have a choice, and you're usually going to be challenged because your mind's going to say, you know what, you should probably lie in bed because you're not doing so well. So sometimes your mindset will challenge you, sometimes your emotions will challenge you, sometimes even your friends will challenge you. So you have the choice and you have that challenge that comes, okay? But then you have to get to the point where you just doggone take charge. And you just say, I'm gonna dance in the rain even though I don't feel like it. I'm gonna tell you something really cool happened one time. I was in, in, in Mexico, uh, Punta Mita. It's a nice area. I was at a Four Seasons Hotel. And they had a person that was playing music and it was early in the night and I was with these really nice older people. We had had dinner and I guess this lady, she just liked the song and she probably was like early sixties and she just got out there and just started dancing on the dance floor by herself. And I remember I overheard a lady next to me saying, Oh, how embarrassing. I wonder why she's dancing by herself. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then she came back. She sat at her table. We later found out that this lady had been fighting cancer for like a year. And when she heard the music, mm. something in her said, you can still dance. Yeah. So one lady thought, Oh, how silly. She's dancing by herself. But the lady with the cancer was saying, hey, I hear music. I may not feel perfect. I don't have a partner, but I'm going to dance in the rain. Mm, that, that gave me goosebumps. And I think that's it. And that, that also 
leads me to something else is perspective. Yeah. And, and I know that you're so kind with absolutely everyone. And I, I really, really admire that about you. And I think that some people could be like, you know, judgmental, be like, why is that person dancing in the rain? But yeah. why is a person dancing to no music? And it's like, but you don't know what that person's going through. You don't know what they're thinking. And that's why I think it's so important to always show kindness. And how, how are you able to be able to show kindness to your enemies and, and to just always be an upstanding citizen? Well, number one, thank you for that. I think that some things are innate and some things are learned. I think part of who Tim's story is, is innate. I think that um, I truly just love people. But also part of it is I had good examples of people who showed love. Like even though I was like an athlete in high school, I was reading books about the life of Mother Teresa. Yeah. <laughs> A lady who gave herself from teaching to create uh, a place for orphans to someday change tens of thousands of orphans. So. Yeah. For me, uh, Brittany, the thing that I do is I realize that every day I meet somebody, they're coping with something. Yeah. And this is what you have to really watch out for uh, when people get uber successful. Yeah. I see a lot of like actors that I work with or athletes or entertainers, and it's so easy to kind of get on your high horse that you forget the person that your server might be coping with something. The person who's not checking you in on time at the hotel may be going through something. I literally pay attention to people that are coping. Yeah. I really, really do. It's, it's not just about us. It's not, it's not just about us. I love being a servant. That's what I am. Yeah. How come you've dedicated your life to helping people? Um, I think probably my pain, you know, the pain of my father passing, uh, the pain of like not really having that much, that I said, there's gotta be a way to like get through this. And I'm really that guy. I like to make a way where there is no way. <laughs> yeah. So if they say no way, I'm secretly thinking, I'll find it. Yeah, 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 me too. Even though you said there's no way. <laughs> yeah. Like for real. Yeah. So, so my thinking about helping people is about number one, I want to be a trailblazer. So a trailblazer or a pioneer, somebody who blazes a trail, usually through a path that has a lot of stuff in it, but you blaze the doggone trail. Mm -hmm. okay? So like people have blazed the trail in music. People have blazed the trail like the people like an Elon Musk, he's, he's blazing a trail or a Richard Branson or, you know, you're a trailblazer. So Thank you. you can blaze a trail that other people can follow. Yeah. So it wasn't like I was just trying to get people through an area that I've never been through. I wanted to blaze a doggone trail and kind of be like, if I could do it, you could do it. If I could do it, you could do it. If I could do it, you could do it. So that became my brand. I'm blazing the doggone trail and just hold on, I'll get you through. How do other people step into their leadership like that? I think that, that we all are leaders, and I have a new series that you have never heard.
called Lead Your Ship. Lead Your Ship. Because leadership is basically leading your ship. So yeah. There's different types of boats. And I know that because you like to get out and about, that you've been on fishing boats, you've been on little sailboats, they have these little dinghy boats that are like party boats that you can go on. Then they have your bigger cruise liners. So everybody is leading some form of a ship. Okay. So some people, they lead the ship of their family. Some people are like a manager at McDonald's. The way I see leadership is prosper where you are planted. Wherever you are, wherever you are right now, lead your ship. Yes. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. So lead your ship right there. Like if, if you're a single woman, lead your ship. If it's just you and your dog, lead, lead your ship. If you're a young married couple, lead your ship. If you're running a company of 400 people, lead your ship. Yeah. Because yeah, it, turns, it turns into a habit. It turns into a mindset. Like I feel like the one thing that we both have in common, we have so much in common, but one of the things is that we, we like to excel in everything because it's a habit. Like we don't, we don't settle for failing. We don't settle for mediocrity. We're always pushing the envelope. We're always blazing that trail. And um, I agree with you. I think it's, it's, it's a mindset. It's a standard that you hold yourself to. And it's just what results are you willing to accept in life? And you just said it perfect. It's a standard. So I'm going to tell you things that you know already because you're living by them. Okay. So you've heard me say before, there's three levels of living. Almost, most, and utmost. Almost means not quite. We both know people that have so much talent and they almost made it. Yeah. They're almost happy. Almost means not quite, nearly. It almost happened. I don't want to have an almost life. I don't. And I don't even want to have a most life. A most life means that if I had a helium balloon and I let it go, even though I have high ceilings, it can only go so high it would stop. I don't live a life with any ceilings. No. At all. So I'm not going for almost. I'm not even going for most. I'm going for utmost, which is way beyond. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that. And that's, that's really how you live your life. How do other people raise their confidence and raise the bar for themselves to really aim for that utmost life as well? Little successes. Um, this is where I'm a pro. I don't want you to go from like A to Z. I want you to go A to B and then B to C, then C to D. I don't want you A to Z. I want you A to B. Yeah. Because when you start having little successes, you start to build your confidence, okay? So like, let's say in the gym, which both of us work out. So when you go to the gym, somebody you know may have been out of shape for several years, and they're putting all this pressure on themselves. Yeah. You know, I gotta go from A to Z, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. Go from A to B, okay? And then look at what you've done, pause for applause, build your faith, and then go from B to C. So this, the whole secret is these gradual changes that we make that all of a sudden we become this person 
and you say, holy schmoly. Like I'm at the holy schmoly side of life. Like, like my life gets crazy. Like many I know. times <laughs> driving on the freeway and I don't like to answer block numbers. And so I'll get a call and I'll go, okay, I'll answer it. And they'll say, will you hold for, and I'm not going to name drop today. And, but the person they're telling me to hold for is like, what? You know, you can't manipulate yourself into the type of life that we are allowed to live now. So to me though, it was little Timmy going from A to B, B to C, C to D. It wasn't A to Z. What's next for you? Doing what I'm doing right now. What, what I'm doing really right good at is being in the moment. Um, Powerful. I, I never thought I'd get this far. Um, I think that I kick butt. I've been up since 4.30 this morning and I prosper where I'm planted. Uh, if I say some, something, I'm gonna be there early. If, if I'm gonna meet somebody, I'm, I'm there early, probably 90% of the time. If wow. I'm not, it's because some kind of wild traffic hit me. So even though I have a huge book deal with the number one book company coming out next year. I've got a new movie deal. I'm doing, you know how like they have these movie theaters like AMC theaters? Yeah. They're doing a whole Tim story night in movie theaters next year on a project I'm doing. Wow. With, it's my night. It's called Tim story and friends. I love that. It's with all these people that all these people would know. So I'm loving doing that. I've signed for two TV shows. I'll have two TV shows next year. Okay, so that's fantastic. But I'm still in the moment. Uh, I'm enjoying talking with you, talking to the people that are listening. Uh, I like taking care of my 88-year-old mother. I like mm -hmm. being a good man. And if I, if I make a mistake, I want to get it right. I want to get better. So that's where I'm at in life. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm in the moment. Yeah. What grounds you? Uh, I'm grounded by, I'm grounded by many times who I'm around. <laughs> That's why it's so important, again, to be around the right people. Mm -hmm. Is that since I was little, I've liked older people. A lot of my best friends in my 30s were people that were in their 60s. Yeah. In the 40s, they were in their 70s. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've lived a wild life of the kind of people that I've been around, but I was only like 30 and they were like running the universe. Yeah. So I'm grounded a lot by the people that I'm around because I see how this guy who like owns half of the earth and he's still nice to the waiter and he's still kind Yeah. and he still looks you in the eye. And he still says to you, hey, Tim, so what's going on in your life? Yeah. And people like that help, help ground me. I love that. And that's one of the things that I've always noticed about you is you're so respectful to every single person you meet, no matter if you're at dinner and you're talking to the waiter 
or if, if there's the garbage man walking through the hallway is you're just so respectful and you just have such amazing upstanding morals and values and, and just respect for humanity. So thank you for that. I wanted to ask you, I think that some of the listeners are, are having a tough time distinguishing which relationships and friendships and business partnerships are toxic in their life and then how to cut them out. Like how would you be able to decipher that? And then how would you cut off relationships that are not helping you grow or challenging you or pushing you or, or you're talking about building this network of people around you is so important to consciously create your network. How would you, how would you do that? Okay. Number one, great question. Okay. So I'm going to tell the people what I've told you in private. Okay. There are, let's say four levels of intimacy. And I've talked this through with some of the best psychologists on the planet. And level one is, Hey, how are you doing? Oh my God, you're from Canada. I'm from Canada. Level one. Level two is, Oh my gosh, you're an actor. So am I, we should hang out. That's level two. I'm convinced that most people live at level one and level two, yeah. which is so surface. Yeah. We all long for at least level three, which is to be understood. Yes. Most of us do not have many people that understand us. Yeah. They don't understand us. Unconditionally understand us and then unconditionally love and support us. 100%. Okay. Very few people. All right. So level three is somebody that, looks beyond all the things that Brittany is, a businesswoman, a pageant, television, now just doing phenomenal in this space, which I knew you would. Thank you. Okay, so, but you're, you're so much beyond that, but someone needs to be on that frequency to get it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're going to level one you and level two you all day long. <laughs> they're not going to pay attention to level three yeah. is that you get it. Okay? Now, but here's a, here's a challenge. I personally believe there's a level four. And this is where I blew away one of our top psychologists who deals with everybody. She goes, oh, my God, this is brilliant. I said, level four, which is not so many people. A level four person is a person, it's like they are just lit. Yeah. They see here, they see here, they see here, they see here. They're woke. <laughs> they, are, they are woke and they're present and they freaking get it. Now, a lot of woke people have self-destructed in, in the past. Because they were so woke, they were lonely, mm -hmm. they were misunderstood, mm -hmm. they found ways to, to, to maybe find some form of addiction to not feel so awake, so they tried to fade themselves down to a level two. Is this some brilliant crap or what? This is powerful. So most people are level one, level two, 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 and they'll stay there the rest of their life. 
Now, I don't think they were created to be that way. Mm-mm. I think no. they were created to live in at least a level three or level four where deep cries out to deep. Yeah. Your level four is crying out for deep. And, and when you meet a level four, it could be in the form of a 87 year old cool lady and you're like, <laughs> why am I attracted to Coco Chanel? You get my point? <laughs> yes. Like, like some of my best level four friends are just creative rascals. Like a, a Pharrell Williams is a, is a level four. I love that creative rascal. He's not trying to be from this planet. He, he's, he's living at a level four. Now, how sad to live at a level one or two if you were constructed to be level four. Yes, but also how sad is it to live at a level four and and sometimes feel like you don't belong? And I completely agree with you. I think that um, growing up, like I just, I never fit in, like I never really connected with people. And I always like longed for like very like deep connections. And so I feel like people had judged me growing up and I, I was like listening to Deepak Chopra and Tony Robbins when I was like 18, 19 years old. Yeah. CDs, I remember I used to drive to my grandparents and they used to be like just blue skies and prairies all around me. And I was just like in such a like deep space where I'd be listening to these impactful world game changers. And I would be like, wow, this is the juice of life. And I loved having like very like deep conversations about life and philosophy and mindset. And so, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. And I think that what's so important, especially for the listeners who are listening to this, for the person that needs this message is you have to love yourself. You have to love yourself, especially when you don't fit in because you don't want to fit in. You don't want to be like everyone else. You don't want to fit into the crowd. You want to be your own unique person and, and live your truth and be unapologetically you. Yes, really I, I, I agree. And I think it's very cool to be awkward. It's cool to be undone. But I think socially, what I had to learn to do, because I started traveling the world at age 20 by myself with a passport in my pocket. So I was a level four person that had to deal with level ones everywhere I went. Yeah. So, So sometimes what you have to do is you have to keep your level four in a little bag, okay? And I, I told this to Oprah, and she went nuts over it. Yeah. I said this to Oprah Winfrey in her backyard. I said, sometimes you have to stay quiet even when you feel a shout. Yeah. There are times that I feel like shouting mm-hmm. from the rooftop and saying, oh, my gosh, I just talked to so-and-so. They're definitely doing this deal. Mm-hmm. Then I got in this deal. Then I just got this movie. Then I got this thing. No. Sometimes you got to stay quiet even when you feel a shout. And she goes, oh, my God, that's so powerful. She goes, that's the story of my life. Yeah. Because the level one is not equipped to handle my level four shout. Yes. And most likely level two is not. Level three might to a degree. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you have to be quiet even if you feel a shout. But watch how cool this is. So sometimes watch what I do. I put my little level four personality, 
and I have to go to an opening of something like, okay, there's going to be this, you know, event. Okay. And people are coming at me and they're giving me level one, level two energy. Like, Oh my God. Oh, that's cool. Saw you at the Soho house. Okay. So we're doing a lot of level one, level two. At that point, I got to keep my little four in my duffel bag. But once in a while, you'll start seeing a person move into a level three. You'll, you'll see someone move into a level four. That happened to me. I was on a cruise. And there's a lady who used to be the editor of Paris Vogue. Not a bad job. And she's very like, just so vogued out. Yeah. I wish you guys could see his expressions. In her, in her 70s. In her 70s. Yeah. Oh my God, I love her. We were together for like four or five days on this cruise. It was an Oprah cruise. I was speaking and she was speaking. Oh my gosh. This lady, she oozed level four. Wow. She goes, Tim, you're contagious. You're contagious. Why? It took one to know one. Mm -hmm. It took one to know one. They're yeah. out there. So if you're a level three, level four, be patient. They're out there. Yeah. Well, that's so interesting to me as you say, put in the bag. I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like I used to do that and I see validity in where, where, where you do that. I think I'm at a point in my life now though, that I just, I just don't put it in the bag. I just am so focused on just being unapologetically me and using my voice and I am weird and I am awkward and I am yeah. insanely intense and I am very interested in that 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 deep um deep energy and I used to feel like I had to put in a bag around people and to be completely honest I used to feel like I had to dumb myself down sometimes because yeah. I didn't want to intimidate people and so I see the validity in what you're saying and and I also just feel like I'm at a point in my life where I'm like if you can't handle me for exactly who I am you do not deserve my energy and then I just go surround myself with other level fours that yeah. are able to to make me feel like I am at home because one of one of my big um and not struggles in life but one of the things I've really broken through lately that caused just so much um that just this amazing level of freedom was I just stopped caring what people thought about me and yeah. just started marching to the beat of my own drums because for so long I always had this veil where before anything that I would say, before I would do anything or say anything, I always have this little voice in my head where I'm like, what are people going to think of you? Yes. And so I just feel like this, this sense of freedom now, just letting okay, so go. I like, I like that side too, Brittany, because you have to understand we have an age difference. So I think that you at this stage of your life, I like that you feel like I've been contained and now I'm going to live out loud. Yes, live that's, out loud. That's, yeah, so that's, that's what's happening to a lot of creatives, whether they're actors, whether they're um, designers, you know, all these creators in their 20s and early 30s that I'm meeting, they're living out loud, okay? But I, I do 
think that as you get older, okay, that you will find that it's, 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 it's easier at times to just temper it just to make the evening easier. Like, let me give you an example, okay? Most public speakers make huge mistakes, huge mistakes. And one of the things they do, if they walk into a crowd and let's say there's a thousand people and the crowd's energy is at a five, they are thinking, I'm taking that crowd energy to a 10. You know what? It ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. The best comedians. I don't really study motivational speakers and never have. I study. Oh, you're one of the best in the world. That'd be hard to study others. Thank you. you. I study Chappelle. I study Jerry Seinfeld. I study the old Eddie Murphy. Here's what they knew to do. If the crowd is at a five, take them to a seven. Take them, take them up a couple notches. What motivational speakers mess up is they have a crowd at a five and they try to motivate the heck out of them to a 10 and they're just not there. So if I bring in my energy that is just fresh off the boat with creative people and I feel that energy is at a five, yeah. okay, I'll survey. I'll look to the left. I'll look to the right. And I'll say, okay, little Timmy story, keep it right at about a seven and you'll have yourself a good night. Powerful. Heck yes. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a, a proverb in the Bible that says only a fool tells his whole heart. And, and one of the things is, is that there are good people that have said amazing things to people that just don't get it. Yeah. And, as you've heard me say before, you can't get an FM radio station on an AM dial. You're just not tuned to my yeah. radio. So yeah. if, you're, if you're at a five, I'm going to take you to a seven. I love that. I love that. And I know that you have some amazing things you have to do tonight, heal the world. I wanted to quickly ask, you know, before we close off, how did you, I mean, you speak at some of the biggest stages in the world. Like I've seen you absolutely captivate and move an audience to tears like what is your secret like how how have you been able to become one of the best speakers in the world i think that um same with your life that that life gives us assignments and i've often said i don't chase anything i don't chase anything what i do is i prosper where i'm planted I try to become phenomenal at what I do, yeah. okay? And then I cooperate with what the universe has spoken over my life. Yeah. I was supposed to be Tim's story, even when my family was cramped and crowded and we had seven people in a Volkswagen bug. I yeah. was supposed to be this guy a long time ago. So I am simply cooperating with what the universe said to me and I'm living it out loud. And I'm very appreciative for everything that I got and that I'm getting. But my stage of life that I'm in right now, I love doing all that big stuff and I, it's just getting even bigger by the month. I know, I'm so excited for but you. What I love though is, 
is these conversations yeah. with people that are connected to you and connected to me and to say that, hey, if Brittany can do it, you can do it. If Tim can yes. do it, you can do it. So that's, that's, that's what you're about. That's what I'm about, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that you said that because that's, I think, one of the biggest things that I want to leave behind as well is, is being like, you know what? If Brittany did it, I can do it. 100%. And, and I love that you talked about trailblazing because I think that it's so important that our life doesn't go in vain. I mean, I think that we have very similar, um, not similar past, but similar um, similar things in the way that we've, we've both been through a lot. And it's like, but if we don't do something from this, if we don't impact people, if we don't positively change the world to the best capacity that we can, then that was wasted. And there's no, there's no learning lesson. Like if we can't learn from that place and then be able to teach other people and inspire them or give them tools, resources, or knowledge to flip that around and live out loud and have an amazing, prosperous, successful, happy life. What was the point of all of that? I love it. What I'd like to say to you um, that I'm so proud of you is that, you know, you're in, you're in Canada. A lot of the people that are doing well right now, they're, they're, in they're, <laughs> they're in New York. They're not in the part Canada. of Canada that you were raised in and living Hopefully in. Alberta. Or when I see you at your parents' house or whatever. What I, what I really think is so cool about what you're doing is that you're prospering where you're planted. Mm -hmm. Like from your spot, from your space, you are cooking up such good stuff in the kitchen to where people have to find you. Like, let me give you one example. Is that a friend of mine one time, I, I told him I'm going to Rome, and he said, you got to go to this restaurant. Now, it's going to be super hard to find. Here's the name of it, but I know the hotel you're staying at. Ask the Mater D, they'll lead you to this restaurant. This is a true story. So yeah. it's me and these two men. And I'm, I'm not even joking with you. It was walking distance. But we're going down these hills. We're turning down some little cobblestone thing. Then we're turning another left. I'm like, are we in a back alley somewhere? Finally, we find this little restaurant with this amazing chef, with this amazing food that it takes like a month to even get a, re a reservation. Now, the reason I say that, the food was so good that tourists from around the world said, I've got to find that food. Yeah. We went down the street, turned left, went in an alley. Are you with me? Yeah. I feel you. All right. So this is what you're doing. You are becoming so good at what you do that people have to find you. Mm, See, thank you. No, people have to find you. David Bowie was so good in his music, they had to find him. Prince, they had to find him. Some of the greatest musicians, they had to find him. Al Pacino, people <laughs> that went to acting class with him, they tell me, even in acting class, before the freaking Godfather, we knew the guy was going to blow up. So you want to watch... Be so good at cooking things in the kitchen, mm -hmm. they got to find you. 
I love that. And I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And, and I really hope that goes to show that you, you have no excuse. And I mean, I was born in a very small, small city, uh, 1.3 million people, um, which is, is very tiny compared to all the places we've been to um, in terms of our, our life. Like how many countries have we both traveled to that have millions and millions of people in, yes. in, in one like state, you know, let alone a city. And so I hope it just goes to show people that you actually have absolutely no excuse. And we have a cell phone. If you, I put this on my story. I actually post this on my story yesterday. And I said, do you have access to wireless internet? Yes. Uh, yes or no. I had a vote. And then I, the next story was, do you have two feet in a heartbeat? Yes or no. And then the third story was if you answered yes to the following two questions, you have no excuse to achieve the success that your idols have. And yes. it just goes to show that you have so many opportunities in this world. Like I could wake up and be like, I live in a small city. No one here is like doing big stuff. Like we don't have like any of the biggest speakers coming into Calgary. We don't really have big events and I'm making a name for myself in the speaking world. And I could be like, oh, well, it's not really a thing here. Or I could choose to do something about it. Or I could choose to be like, how do I sharpen my skills so that when big opportunities come along, I'm ready. Yes, yes. I might not be living in the environment that I need to be able to connect with these world game changers. But guess what I did? I started a podcast so I could connect with them. I travel the world to be able to connect with people. And so um, thank you. I really appreciate that. And I hope that it just goes to show for everyone even listening that you have no excuses to create greatness. You have, there's no difference between you and your idols, except for working hard and working smart over yes. a long period of time. So like get at it and, and get yourself uncomfortable, push yourself, get yourself in the right rooms, connect with the right people, add Tim on Instagram, which by the way, if you guys are not following Tim, you guys need to ASAP his Instagram guys, pull out your phone right now and type this in and go give him a follow is at T I M S T O R E Y O F F I C I A L and go give him a follow. And guys, remember, no matter where you come from, no matter where you've been, you can do it. I mean, I was diagnosed with ADD and ADHD, and I was told I wasn't going to make anything of my life. And I grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. I, I used to, you know, I'm not proud to admit this, you guys, but I used to smoke a lot of weed when I was younger and I used to always be in the principal's office and I, I had a very child, uh, troublesome childhood. I was getting in a, a lot of trouble, but um, my point is that no matter where you are, you can turn it around. No matter who you are, you can become your greatest potential if you work on yourself one percent daily and just keep at it keep going to it and i know a lot of you guys look up to tim as well and i mean he he started somewhere he started in the same shoes you did he's just worked very hard he's followed his heart he's followed his intuition and he's just been a really good person and so he's attracted great karma so you guys can do it stick with it and just always believe in yourself i think people are are too hard on themselves and they just don't practice enough self love and self-kindness what a great conversation today 
I know. I'm so happy we Very connected. Very good. Very good. A lot, of, a lot of amazing life lessons today that came out. A lot. Thank you so much, Tim. I really respect you. You know, I respect you and I respect your time and I really appreciate you coming on here and just being able to help our listeners. I think that you just have so much wisdom and so much capacity to help heal people and change their lives. So thank you for your work. Yes. Humanity. And thank you for your time on the Vitamin B Show. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed your daily dose of vitamin B. Now, if you are a real action taker who can benefit from high performance coaching, I have something just for you. A customized, high impact, result-based coaching program helping you hit your goals as quickly and effectively as possible. Now, here's the deal. This personalized coaching program is for top performers and spots are very limited. But if you're listening to this podcast, it means there still might be a few spots available. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to open up Instagram, find me at Brittany Michaelchuk. That's B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y-M-I-C-H-A-L-C-H-U-K. Send me a direct message with why you feel you would be a great candidate for my peak performance coaching program. Because together with you, I want to help eliminate negative thought patterns, establish a stronger foundation in critical areas of your life, maximize your strengths, and start achieving record-breaking results. Nothing brings me more joy than teaching you how to control your mind, optimize your performance, and get better results in every area of your life. As always, thank you for listening. Until next time, stay tuned for your daily dose of vitamin B.